Okay, I'm going to read from Psalm 4. Psalm 4, starting at verse 1. Answer me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. In peace I'll both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, the scriptures. Thank you they can teach us your ways, teach us to examine our hearts and see if we honor you through our lives. So thank you now, Father, for this um, beautiful morning. Thank you for time to hear your word. And I pray you'd stir up our ears and our hearts and our minds to, to listen to the word. Help me to be clear and understood. And thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. Thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to continue with peace of mind in God. And um, I thought it would be appropriate, especially this time of the year, there's Christmas, there's the season, some people are lonely, some families try to get together and there's stress and, and there's maybe some pain and suffering that comes with it. So I thought as an opportunity to, to look at a psalm when trials come our way and how we can find peace of mind in God. The question is, do we experience peace of mind in God when trials come our way? Do we experience peace of mind? It's not easy, but we've got to work at it. Do we experience peace of mind? And the psalm is about David, who is in a severe trial. His son Absalom wants to, to kill him. Son Absalom wants to try and, and dethrone him from being king. He, he's shaming his father. He comes against him. But what does David do? Instead of going to a corner and sulking and worrying about his circumstance, he finds peace in knowing God's protection. Knowing that his God can help him. And I know as we sit here and we go outside this building, there's a lot to be concerned for in our own country. Load shedding is enough. One minute we're in this stage, one minute we're in that stage, and then we don't know. We don't know when we will be in total blackout, if it will come. But where do you go for peace of mind in God? There's wars that go on. People don't treat each other with respect anymore. There's no dignity. There's murder, there's corruption. There's just hatred going on out there, evil, wickedness. And like I said earlier on, the more man forgets God, the more of a down spiral we go. That's why we must pray that the churches preach God's word so the church can be built up in the scriptures and go out there and be the salt and light. And if we have a, have a weak view, a low view of God, and He's not strong enough, we don't see Him as, as, as good enough, we don't see Him as wise enough to help us, then there's no way we gain to experience true peace of God. You have to be in the scriptures in order to grow in your understanding of God, to increase your knowledge, 
so you can cling to these scriptures. But in order to experience true peace of mind in God, you have to be saved. You have to be saved. You can cultivate your own peace. You can do what you want to. And you might have peace, but it's never true peace. It's never peace for the glory of God, to the honor of God. God needs to save us. And, and that's why I mentioned earlier on a lovely verse from Colossians chapter 1. We need God to, to deliver us from the domain of darkness and we need to, He needs to transfer us into the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We need to be saved. As Scripture says, we, we need to be counted as righteousness. Our righteousness comes from Jesus. When we believe, we are clothed in Jesus' righteousness. His righteousness, as they say, is imputed to us and our sins are imputed to Him. And we, we will be counted as righteousness when we believe in Him. That is in God, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's true peace. That's the peace that Jesus promised. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives I give to you true peace. And Jesus says to his disciples as well, I've said these things to you that you may have peace. Why? Because in this world you will have tribulation. You will have trials. You will have suffering. We live in a fallen world. You can't hide from difficulties. You can't hide from trials. And no one in this room is exempt from trials, tribulation. You might be sitting here this morning and say, Okay, Mark, I have peace with God. But I do struggle to experience peace of mind in God. So that's what I'm here this morning, to encourage us, to help us. And we're going to just look at the first fact briefly, and then we're going to look at another fact from Psalm 4 to teach us to experience peace of minding God as we face trials. We have such a beautiful book to help us. The Bible is God's word. Like I always say, it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path to help us walk in God's ways. So just briefly, the first fact that we looked at last week, and you're welcome to go look and listen to the sermon fleshed out a lot more. But the first fact that we want to look at and, and just be reminded to teach us to experience peace of mind in God through trials is to know that God has set apart the godly. We see that in verse 3. But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Why does he hear when we call to him? Because David says in verse 1, O God of my righteousness. Our righteousness comes from God. Like I said earlier on, our righteousness comes from Jesus. He died on the cross so we may receive righteousness. His righteousness is imputed to us. And David prays. And it's so important that that's the first thing we should do when we're, we're in a trial and we're suffering. We should call out to God, the God of our righteousness. Answer me when I call. We know God answers prayer. But talk to God real. 
Ask him not to be deaf to your prayers. Ask him to show favor towards him. Ask him for help, the God of our righteousness, so he can make our paths right. He can help us. And David prays to God because he says, also in verse 1, You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. In the past, God has heard David's prayers. And he has delivered him from his distress. But he needs God to help him again. That's why it says, be gracious to me and hear my prayer. There's a lovely psalm, Psalm 119, verse 132 says, Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your way with those who love your name. And David loves his God. And if we love our God, we too can pray to our God. We can also look back and look at answered prayer. And taste and see that the Lord is good. And if you look back at answered prayer, then you should have the, the peace of mind to seek God for what's happening now to deliver you from your distress. But it's all, it's all growing in understanding of God, knowing God, for us to do this. If we don't run to God and we run to other things, then, then we just make it so much harder for ourselves. And David is in distress. Verse 2 says, O oh man, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you, will you love vain words and seek after lies? His, his son Absalom is shaming him. He's slandering his name. He, he's, he's talking against God's anointed king, David. He's claiming empty things and telling lies to shame him, to spread false accusations against him. But David tells him, verse 3, but no... That the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. God will help me. But we need patience to wait on God. Because God does hear us. And as Christians we can draw near to the throne of grace. And plead for mercy and grace in time of need. And we can do this with confidence. Why? Because we serve a faithful God. And because of what he's done for us. Accomplished for us in Christ Jesus. We can draw near with confidence. And the confidence is in Jesus. What he did for us on the cross and we pray for God's grace to help us when we face our enemies and trials and we will come they'll come in different shapes but yeah yeah David's been slandered people will slander our names people are jealous of you they don't like you they envy you they can slander your name gossip tell lies shame you but you just need to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and trust God. And then verses 4 to 5 help us. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. The scripture warns us. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So when you're on your beds and, and you ponder what's happened and you're angry, confess that sin. Ask God to cleanse your unrighteousness. We, we mentioned that last week. There's, a, there's that verse in 1 John. Um, 1 John 1 9. It says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Don't let that anger boil inside you. Don't let it simmer. Don't become bitter and, 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 and start wanting to take vengeance. Do evil with or Evil with good, not evil with evil. Vengeance is for the Lord. 
So when you lie on your bed, ponder the, the angry stuff and confess it. And then ponder on the things of God, that how you can honor Him. How He knows you, you can take refuge in Him. And you, we need to confess our sins, because how else in verse 5 can we offer right sacrifices? In the Old Testament, they had to bring things to confess their sin, and to offer right sacrifices, but our right sacrifice would be an upright heart. A righteous heart. So we can, we can then turn to God and put our trust in the Lord. We can't say one thing loud and in our hearts saying another thing and then think we can trust God. We can't fool God. God is after a cleansed heart and, and Romans 12, 1 helps us to, to, to make sure we offer up the right sacrifice. It says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We are a living sacrifice, and we need to be right with God, blameless and upright, confess our sin, so that we can turn to God and trust in the Lord, and He can help us. So God, that first point, God has set, or the first fact, God has set apart the godly, so we can draw near to God in prayer and experience the peace of mind in God. None of this is easy. We need each other. We need God's grace every day and His wisdom. But let's look at our second fact, which we'll spend a little bit more time in. The second fact to teach us to experience peace of mind in God through trials is to know that God cares for us. God cares for the godly. And this is what verses 6 to 8 are telling us. God cares for us. Verse 37, um, um, Psalm 37, Psalm 37, verse 25 says this. I've been young, says David, and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken, or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously, and his children become a blessing. Isn't that beautiful that God looks after the righteous. God looks after His children. And when... Well, there are times when He might put you through some form of suffering and you think He's not looking after you. Because we've got to think of Paul. There was times when he was left to hunger, to thirst. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. But God still delivered him from those trials in His time. Because with suffering comes sanctification, comes transformation. But we just need to know that God cares for us. And it's easy to honor God and trust God when things go well. But when the suffering and the pain comes, how are we doing in finding peace of mind in God? How, how are we doing? Do we trust God to care for us? Do we go to God first or do we run to other means? Do we lean on our own understanding and try to be wise in our own eyes. But not David. David, in his, we know David is, is, is not young yet anymore. We know he was a shepherd boy. We know how God delivered him from a bear and lions. We know how David defeated Goliath, how he trusted in God. He's grown in his trust. His trust in God has increased. That's the only way we can grow as a Christian, is when we take what we know 
and we apply it. We won't grow in, our, in the grace and knowledge if we just know Scripture and we can tell everybody about it, but if we don't take it to our lives, and it's not easy, we've got to take Scripture to our lives, allow God to grow us and mature us so we can grow in the fruits of the Spirit, patience, kindness, love, gentleness. And David is in a situation where, where he has seen God deliver him from the distresses. So he, he turns to God in his circumstances for help and care. In verse 6 of Psalm 4, we again we see the enemies taunting him, saying, Give us some evidence of God showing any good towards you. That's how the world will see us. As soon as we're suffering, as soon as something's happened, a tragedy, they will say, where's your God? Show us good. You say you serve a good God? What's happened to you? Is that good? Where's your good God? They will taunt you. And this is what's happening here. They, they're saying to David, there are many who say, who will show us some good? Where's your God now? You've been kicked out of Jerusalem. You're living in a cave, hiding from your son. Who wants to dethrone you? Who wants you dead? Come now, show us some evidence of God showing good to you. And it's easy to say when everything's going well, we serve a great God, a good God. But as soon, as soon as there's a tragedy, will you still say we serve a good God, a great God? Our God is good. Like this nice Christian man or woman, and everybody likes you, and you—they're always around you, and and having fellowship and everything. But as soon as something happens in your life, you lose your job or something, people start asking, "Where's your God?" People start disowning you, and the world will do that. The world will always come to us and say, show us the good in your God now. But look what David does at the end of verse 6 of Psalm 4. Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. David knows scripture. And all he's doing is he's recalling the blessing of the priest at the tabernacle. And we close with this benediction. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His face towards you and give you peace. David's asking for the Lord to help him, show favor towards him, divine favor. He's praying that God would, 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 would cause His face to shine upon him, be gracious to him, that God would help him. David's not allowing his enemies to taunt him and discourage him and go down, down, down into a miry pit and become faint-hearted. Instead, he looks to God for divine favor. He's, 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 he's praying for encouragement. And we too can look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We can look to Jesus, we know who, in whom is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And, 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 and ask for divine favor so we do not lose heart and become despondent and discouraged. Especially when things are, going, are not going well around us. Matthew 11 is such a beautiful... Um, or Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30 is such a beautiful passage to, to remind ourselves that when we are struggling, 
Jesus says, Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. There Jesus is showing us his heart. He's gentle and lowly in his heart. Come to me, seek me. Come to me and take refuge in me. I'm lonely and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Why? Because my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Sometimes we can go to people for help and they can put more burden on us and, 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 and weigh us down more. Instead of being lowly and gentle, humble and gentle. We need that. We need to encourage people. We need to love them out of their sin or whatever's going on in their life or the sufferings and the pain because of some trial. And we can, we can go to Jesus. Come to me, all you are wearing heavy laden. He's, he just, he's invited us. we just got to go. Not you, Jesus, come to me. You go to him. It's like a child. Or your own, your own son or daughter. When they, when they need help and they're struggling. It could be five-year-old, six-year-old. You don't see them running to the neighbor for help. They run to mom and dad. You, mom and dad. They run to the neighbor or someone else across the street. How often we run away from God, run away from Jesus. So we're running to Jesus, running to our Father, like the prodigal son. His arms are wide open to take us and help us. And then verse 4 tells us, or sorry, verse 7 of Psalm 4 tells us that you have put more joy in my heart than they have when the, the grain and wine abound. True joy comes from God. It's a fruit of the Spirit, it's a gift. And David wants true joy in his heart. Not, not the world's joy, like food and wine that, that the world relies on to bring some form of happiness and joy. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. We want God to help us and we want His joy. And because God has shown gracious dealings to David in the past, He, can say, he knows that. You have put joy in my heart. Like you put joy in the, my heart in the past and you've helped me. God, help me. I need that joy again. I'm feeling discouraged and despondent. I need your joy to encourage me. We must be aware that if you seek joy from the world, it's temporary. And it doesn't grow you. Because when another troll comes, you go back to that same whatever you did to seek a joy. But God helps us. He, he sanctifies us. And He transforms us. We mustn't rely on our material possessions to bring joy. There's nothing wrong with getting joy out of things, but that mustn't be our permanent joy. We need to turn to God and we need to trust in God. Just like Psalm 62 says. Psalm 62, I'll read some verses. A lovely psalm. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be greatly shaken. Verse 5. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from Him. 
He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. And God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. And listen to verse 8. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. If you want true joy, seek refuge in God alone. Is it going to be easy? No. God brings suffering and trials into our lives so that we can turn to Him and depend on Him. We need help, so we turn to God for help. Everybody needs help. Every Christian needs help when they're in a, a struggle. And hopefully they turn to the Creator God who is their helper, who made heaven and earth, who cares for us. God cares for the godly. And David knew that praying to God and relying on Him to care for him would help him dwell safely and would bring that joy. And that's what happened in verse 8. In peace I will I'll both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. David knows that his safety will come in God alone. Obviously, he's need to physically seek a safe place. There's nothing wrong. He's not going to go lie out in the open and say, here I am, Absalom. And that's how sometimes we trust God. We test God's faith. It's like someone will say, well, do you believe in Jesus? Do you have faith in Jesus? Yes, I believe in Jesus. I have faith in Jesus. Okay, do you want to trust Him? In everything, yes. And go swim around Robin Island and come back, or Seal Island, and let's see if you come back alive. And if you have faith, you will do it, and your God will help you. That's testing God. God gives us means to seek safety. Physical means. But our true safety comes in God alone. Beautiful quote of Psalm 4. Is a prayer for help. But the prayer is dominated by the psalmist's confidence in the Lord's loving care of the beloved and in the prospect of peace and security. Isn't that beautiful? There's so much in the scriptures for peace and security, for, for God to lovingly care for his children more than we'll ever comprehend. We'll never care for our own children. Perfectly, But God does. God loves us more than anybody will love us. And He cares for us more than anybody on this earth will care for us. Even our own loved ones. God is gracious and merciful to His children. He's perfect in everything. He's holy. He's just. He's upright. He's blameless. But He's holy. And if we really want to and truly experience peace of mind in God, then we need to be active in reading the Scriptures and then praying the Scriptures back to God so we can, we can grow in our knowledge and understanding of God. And then we must put what we read into practice. We need to be doers of God's Word. We need God's grace to do that. None of this is easy. There's a... There's a, there's a oh. We must be careful we don't make Christianity easy. Because it's not easy. If it was easy, then we wouldn't have to pray to God. If it was easy, God would just take us home. He's left us here. And there are going to be tribulations. There is going to be suffering. Why? So I can grow you more. I can sanctify you more and more in Christ's likeness. 
I'll never be perfect, but God can grow us. And you can learn to love me more, you can learn to trust me more, and you can get to know me as you suffer. But are we prepared to go to the Scriptures and pray? So Paul says to the church of Philippi, do not be anxious about anything. Did you hear that? Do not be anxious about anything. He didn't give a list of things, and then some things are just too hard for God. Anything, from the easiest thing to the most difficult thing. I don't know what's easy when you become anxious, but from the smallest thing to the biggest thing. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Bring your concerns, bring your suffering, dump them at my feet, spread them. Like the one kid then did, he was surrounded by the, um, I can't remember, the Assyrians. And all he could do was spread this letter that he had got before the Lord and cry to the Lord. Because my help only comes from God. Spread everything before God. And be real with God. God, hear my prayers. Please don't be deaf to me. Show favor towards me. I'm really struggling. I'm hurting. And then the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's what you want. It doesn't say it's going to take your problem away. But I'm going to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus so you can endure your trial. You can keep looking to me and trusting me. That's what suffering does. It shouldn't push us away from God. It should draw us to God. Because God is the one that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But pray with thankfulness to God. Pray. Take your fear and your worries and trust God's sovereign control over that circumstance. Because everything God does is for His purpose and for our good. God doesn't just come down and want to hurt us. Everything that happens in our life for a purpose and good. God isn't sitting up this morning and I say, I'm going to do something to so and so and tick them off. No, that's not God. He's a gracious, merciful God. But He's promised tribulations in this world. But will you turn to Him? Will you look to Him? Will we take these two facts from Psalm 4, to teach us to experience peace of mind in God through trials. The first one was to know that God has set apart the godly, so we, can, we are the righteous ones and we can pray to the righteous God, and to know that God cares for the godly, that God cares for us. We're not orphans running around. We're His children, and He loves us. And He wants to show compassion and love and care for us. So I challenge us to take these two facts, to apply them to your own hearts. To know that we've been set apart to live godly lives. To live no longer for ourselves, but for Jesus. He died on the cross to bring us to Himself. So we may not live for ourselves, but for Him. We've been saved with the precious blood of Christ on the cross. We're not our own. We belong to Him. So will we look to God for peace of mind in God when we're going through trials? Let's pray. Father, we thank you again that your word can remind us of these truths, encourage us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, to seek peace of mind in you, Father, through Jesus. Thank you that you are the God of our righteousness. 
Thank you that you are gracious to us and merciful to us and we can and that you do hear our prayers. But give us wisdom and patience to wait on you to answer our prayers. As we wait, may our hearts grow strong. May we grow in knowing you and loving you and trusting you. But forgive us, Father. It's not easy and we need your grace and mercy. We need your help. And we need the fellowship of brothers and sisters to be patient and to be helpful, to help in love as well. Father, thank you now for this time that we could hear your word to challenge our hearts, to instruct us, to train us in righteousness so we may walk in your ways and honour you. May bear fruit in every good work. Father, thank you now for this morning. Thank you again for your word, the sacred scriptures that our God breathed and profitable to teach us things. Help us, Father. Pray us this all in Jesus' name. Amen.